you could support the podcast in any way, it would be greatly appreciated. Follow the link in the description to make a donation. Welcome back to another episode of the Kerry Football Podcast. Big week for Kerry Football this week with the Mayo match coming up on Saturday. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan isn't with us this week. Unfortunately, there was a, a bereavement on his wife's side of the family. So condolences to Sean and family at, at this time. Barry John Keane is with me though today. Barry John, how are you keeping? Not too bad yourself. Not too bad. I'm tipping away. Are you looking forward to the weekend? Um, I am. I'll be away for it, but I'll find somewhere to watch it. All right. Where are you going this time? Um, I have a stag in Albufeira. Oh, jeez. Okay. Whose stag is it? Is it a Wonderless in Chile? Local, yeah. From Mitchell's. John Mitchell's, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, you have a big weekend ahead of you. So. so, look, we're going to do something different this week. In part two of the show, we're going to preview the Mayo match. Lots of excitement about that, of course. But in part one, we're going to do teammates with Barry John Keane. So I'm going to ask you questions, Barry John, about your Kerry teammates from your time in with the Kerry Senior Footballers. This is your opportunity now to slate a few fellas if you want or hang a few fellas out to dry, but there's no pressure. So we'll start off with, from your time with Kerry, Barry John, who was the best trainer that you played with? The best trainer? Um... The most consistent, I suppose, would have probably been Aidan O'Mahony. Um, just every night, whether he was strapped up or not, like Harry Niggles, he just he always wanted to be on the pitch. Um, as he got older, he seemed to wanted more, if that makes sense, because he maybe thought time was time was coming, ticking. Like um, Marco Shea was very consistent for a fellow who's a bit of a messer, but when when he was serious, he um, like in the runs and everything, he was always at the top. Um, coming to later years, I suppose you'd like to Shawnee O'Shea, um, Gavin White, fellas that are still there at the moment. Um, just remember those mass runs, no one liked them, but those two boys just had serious engines. Was there a difference between your time starting out with Kerry and towards the end? Were fellas a bit more professional about their approach? Did you notice towards the end of your time with Kerry? Yeah, so I suppose at the start, the SNC wasn't really there. Um, I was tipping away. I was kind of into weights myself, but it wouldn't have been probably football specific weights like you know. Um, so then it came in probably around the 2011, 2012. Um, we did collective gym sessions. Then that kind of was the start, but we were still only coming and going. I remember there were some gym sessions of the fellas. Fellas were just they'd come in the morning at seven o'clock. They just go into the pool, <laughs> the gym session beyond upstairs. But um, no, from about 14, 14, 15 on, it was kind of um, we got probably as well strength and conditioning coaches in. And um, we collectively had to go, and it was it was like meeting up for a training session that had to be done. So I suppose, but at the start, well, it was there if you wanted it. But the last few years, it's really they've really put the foot down, and it's a big they play a big role in um in performance. And on the other side of the coin, was there a worse trainer that you played with? Was there a fellow who didn't really fancy the runs, or was a bit a uh, small bit reluctant to to get stuck into the hard work? Uh, yeah, there'd be a few fellas dropping like flies when they knew that um block of training that block of training was coming. It was there'd be a few club games in between. Um they used to play two county championship games back then um for two weeks, but you actually they were supposed to be two weeks with the club, but you trained with Kerry and then you were let go for the weekend. So you were like you were cleaned in those with just running barely any ball work. Um it was needed to be it was needed to be done. Um so you're going back to the club kind of a bit fatigued. And then fellas kind of niggles were picking up, so they knew that the week after was probably going to be a lot of running again. So they'd, they'd go, they'd jump up in the 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 bench as we call it and get a rub, and 
they miss maybe the choose in terms of the running. I suppose it's it's harder to get away with it at inter county level, and as well, like if I asked you the same question about club teammates, it'd be a different story. I think we all have club teammates who we could we could call out for maybe not fencing the training, but I suppose realistically you don't get to the the standard of inter county if you if you don't enjoy the hard work. No, look over the years, you like. I suppose everyone is when you get into that setup as professional as can be, and there's not much between players for positions like so. You don't want, like you're it's going to be in your own conscious if you're missing a session, and then you come into a game and you're thinking, Jesus, do I have everything ticked off there now? So as much as you don't want to do the hard running as they call it, you probably still want to just get through it for the head, and it's in the it's there anyway. And you know you you've left no stone unturned, and when you're going into the game, then like what happens happens, I suppose. You touched on gym work there. I probably know the answer to this question already, but who was the strongest in the gym from your time with Kerry? Uh, strongest, um, I suppose with lifts, um, and he was probably quite an upper, probably Peter Crowley. Peter Crowley was very strong. Um, he was with the the Cork boys up. Um, so I I wouldn't have been at many collective sessions with him, but around Christmas time, if we had, we were all laughing. We met up. He was um, very strong deadlifts, um, hex bar squats, um. So probably him, man, he was mad into the gym and of course he was strong, but Peter, I suppose, pound for pound, like he was just, you could see that in the field sometimes, like when he was, he was unreal at time with a good old belt. Um, his strength, just leg work, he just did massive leg work. I know he did his cruise yet, so and near the end of his career, so he would have emphasized a lot of legs, weights there. A lot of fellas, I suppose, there was a lot of fellas did that weren't really into, I suppose, Star wouldn't have been a big, he wouldn't have been a big um, advocate of it, but... He was naturally strong in the field. Um, I remember when we kicked in at the start, Declan Sullivan, we were doing like the bench or something and he could barely lift the bar and a few kgs maybe either side, but he's, he's a different animal then on the field. Like So there was, the, the older group had won everything, so they were kind of saying, why do I have to change things now if that makes sense? But um, we kind of had to all do it together, I suppose. It couldn't be going astray. I remember Tommy Griffin was maybe, it was just when I came in, Tommy Griffin was doing weight. Um, he was lifting heavy weights, I remember. Boys were giving him grief. John O'Keefe said to him one day, he said, um, Tommy, you look strong, but you're not. Something to do with the weight. Um, so we, we got we tore that out of him for a few years as well. Um, no, it was good fun. Do you know what? It was it was nice to meet up on the days you weren't training, you had a bit of a bit of crack in the gym. The, some of it some people were doing it somewhere, but it was still good to meet up for an hour in the mornings before work. What about Tommy Walsh? He was the one fellow that came to mind for me just because of his size. He must he must be able to lift something as well. Yeah, he has. I haven't seen him in our gym in about two years. The club, but uh, he's a freak. He's just a natural freak. Um, that man is chiseled. I don't know everywhere for size and strength. Like I think he's just naturally, just naturally there. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. This is a dangerous one now. But um, who was the ladies' man and the Kerry team during your time there? I'm sure. No, most of these fellas are married now, so it's kind of hard. But um, everyone was nearly settled when I was there. Was there a few, the younger fellas. I came in. It was a, a bit of a, the older group, to be honest. Um, was was there anyone who was who was popular with the ladies, but only for not really trying? I suppose if you went on a night out, like, and I don't know if you're in Killarney, we didn't get many nights out. To be fair, but if you had a night out, I suppose, um, and he probably still attracts people. It's probably Paul Galvin. He was different. Yeah, Paul, I suppose. But I'm trying to think. There was you didn't get many nights out, and I suppose when you did get the nights out, you you probably wanted to all stay together, you know. Probably mm-hmm. rather than finding a busy spot, you wanted to find hopefully maybe the tattler at two o'clock, where it's locking maybe, and you're just away from everyone and enjoying your own company, you know, because you're putting so much effort and training with these fellas. You want to, you might only get a small period of to enjoy the success. Luckily, we had for a few years with with Kerry that you just want to enjoy your own company, you know. 
Who was the best crack on the beer when you went out together? Oh, Jesus, there's a lot of fellas could put up their hands for that. Um, I'd throw myself in there anyway. <laughs> Tommy Griffin at the start was good crack, to be fair to him. He's seen it all, I suppose. He was coming to the end of his career. Um, Mark O'Shea was good old banter. Donahue, Donahue was probably the best, to be fair, as in he could take it and give it, but he, he took more than he gave, which is always a good sign of a fella. He never used to get ratty or anything. Yeah. The Gooch is a weird loves the banter he'd be quiet but he, he'd still he'd still want to be involved in it but being quiet so um you have to watch out for them fellas as well and I think there's only the Clarny boys Kieran O'Leary was a, a good man for the old crack as well Um, sure look everyone has their different we'd all probably was different little pods of um friendships as in like we'd be all together but then if we had to go for tea or coffee maybe after training you might go with two or three and a lot of fellas a different humour like you know mm. um, there was no one really there in my time that was actually kind of dry to be fair Everyone was a bit of banter. Um, they're probably the main culprits, I suppose, the few I named there. Donny probably edges that I say. You could just say anything to him. I remember even fellas that wouldn't even have the crack or giving tipping, tipping them with a few jokes. Like, so he must have been doing something right. Yeah, yeah. Um, was there a teacher's pet on the panel? Anyone who uh, was very, um, let's say he was well in with the coach? Jack's time anyway. There's not... Uh... Not many, he wouldn't have many pets, I say. Um, I suppose himself, I wouldn't call him a teacher's pet, but I say himself and Declan would have been, um, he would have had a strong bond with Dong and South Kerry, you know. Mm-hmm. And look, he, he was the first fellow to Captain Kerry twice from was it Dong and South Kerry or back to back in six and seven. So that would have been a massive thing for the two of them, like. And South Kerry were going well at that time. So it'd be more respect, I suppose, than, you know. Um, but like, for saying that, they, they might even talk to each other and they might kill each other in training as well, but the respect, you know, the respect was always there. Mm. Um, then Eamon, I came in and like, to be fair, Eamon was probably more of a player's man and he was probably only gone out of the scene himself a few years. So he's probably only finding his own feet. Did he have any, um, I suppose James, when James is going well there, James probably got away with a few bits, I suppose. A few others couldn't get away with. I remember one day there we were training, it was coming up to leading up to a big game and I remember we, was A versus B and someone we played a good pattern and I think it was Stephen O'Brien or someone made a good run and he passed it back post to James and it was just a tap in like you know put palm it in and James with the volley it and um, he put it over the bar and it was a bit of a roar from him and then Stephen kind of um, Stephen realised that he did the wrong thing like and he gave him a bit of a touch and James kind of just said out loud no one in the stadium um, yeah it might it might have been on for you but it was on for me so he got he got that as he probably like if that was someone else. No, they were getting the, they were getting they were getting a touch. Like, but he was going so well. I suppose we just probably left him at it. Yeah, he didn't try it in a match. You know, is the main thing. I suppose. I remember, but he would. <laughs> he probably would. Yeah, he probably would. Um, who would you say is the most skillful player from your time in with the Kerry panel? Uh, skill set wise, I suppose if you were sort of bringing a few kids around to show the basics and the the fundamentals, I suppose. Gooch is probably number one, and then I suppose coming to my, I only played with Cliffy one or two years, and Cliffy I suppose has improved since that time. So the two of them I suppose, but probably Cullum, I could only explain to what I've seen for the amount of time I was there. Probably seen just nine or ten years of him, um, just freaky stuff like um, just always, always just one step ahead, um, and not by flashiness, just keeping it simple. But his skill set was very close, as in. So controlled. Um, Marco Shea was actually very skillful for a, a cornerback. 
I remember back in the day, it was just kick it out. But when the short kicker started to become like he could run up the field, taking loads of plays and dummy solos. We can remember a lot of them scores he got in big games, coming up the field and dummy solo with the right and pops it over with the left when not many were even kicking it back then. Um, Anthony Maher, actually, a good skill set for a big fella. Nice passer of the ball, very clean. Um, but overall, I remember James, always you say to me, looking back, Johnny Buckley was very skillful for a big fella. Both feet, both feet off the ground, um, left and right were probably the same. Uh, dummy solos, but over the air. So, yeah, there was a few. Johnny Buckley is probably one that people wouldn't think of, but looking back, very, very skillful for a big fella, like most midfielders. I know the game has come on a good bit now, and midfielders are probably even wing forward now, or coming from the backs and they're thrown in midfield, so their skills are probably better, but the goose probably can't be beat, I suppose, could it? Yeah, well, I, I was predicting that answer anyway, to be honest, but it must have been class, like, to go into the panel and, like, obviously everyone would have seen Gooch play for the club and play for the county and know what he's all about, but to actually go in training, that must have been a class experience to go in and just be in his company, like, as he's practising and, and pulling stuff off on the training ground. Yeah, sure, the first time I was brought in, I suppose, it was just, because I, I was just gone 19, maybe, so... I was still in awe of most of them. Like the year before, I was probably at the All Ireland final in. I was in where was I in the hill against Cork, and like then three four months later, I was in the panel training with them for national league and just in awe. Like you don't know where to sit when you go in. And I remember when we came out, then the backs go behind the goals and kick, and then someone roared, go into twos, and I was like, Jesus, is there any Sean Rolfes around here? I just asked one of them to come in. <laughs> and uh, I just remember Gooch called me over, and like he wasn't actually close to me, like but he was like, come on, I'll go with you there. So I just made me at ease straight away. And then I kind of, as obsessed as I was, as every young fellow was, then I was kind of more in awe of just zoning in on him and stuff. But um, no, just the, the skill set. Like every every different session, there was something like, fellas were like, oh my God. And these are fellas that were playing with him probably 10 years previous as well. Um, I remember a good one was 2014. He did, remember he did his cruciate against Castle Bar, Mitchells for the Crokes. Mm. Semi-final of the All-Ireland. And like I suppose crucial, it's nine months. Like and he, and he wouldn't have been a big man for the gym, so it probably was it was probably first thing for him kind of to get back in, and probably wasn't going to be used to doing rehab on that. And um, he was tipping away he, every session. He was probably in the gym before we got there, and then he was doing maybe individual leg drills with um Jorkeen, the physio. And I remember we got the All Ireland final, the semi final. He tugged out just but they gave him a jersey and shorts, and like he was never going to come on. And uh, I remember the 14 then, was it, two, was it two weeks after the semi-final maybe, for the final, he asked Amy, could he play A versus B? I think Eamon was kind of, I'm not going to say nothing, but probably was only, what was that, 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 that semi-final would have been February, like, so the final was September, so probably only got seven months, six months, he still had a lot of rehab to do, mm. and they put him in, I remember Pat Kenny was on him, and Eamon asked him, look Pat, just mark him, but no contact or whatever, and he wasn't too pleased with that either, he, I say he probably told Pat, it was brief score. Go 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 for it. And um, remember he got one ball over the stand in Killarney. I, he was in one corner and I was in the other. And Mark O'Shea was playing me from in front and he was going outside the boot with his right. And whatever he did, he just dummied and he flicked it in with his left. And I was kind of backpedaling to turn and by the time I knew it was coming for over the top, it actually hit me straight in the face. And it was probably a forty meter kick. And I got it and I don't know, I got a second, I got the second ball. From the kicked over the bar and that was fine anyway and just people were still in awe so he came in after and he, he goes to me we picked the panel maybe that Friday night and he goes I didn't make the 26 a.m. and said because you dropped that one that I would have been <laughs> so, that comes up in the golf course after now but like for a fellow just so 
mentally strong that he just he still think he could give something even though he was still in his rehab phase, you know, and just uh, unreal. And he talked like he got the, he got the jersey um, on that previous Sunday, I suppose, in 14. Like, I probably wasn't going to feature after that training session. If you were neutral, you'd say, geez, he is able to go, you know, but it was probably going to be a bit dangerous if you were, were putting him in. He wasn't recovered well enough, but that was just a genius in him, like. Yeah, yeah. Who would you say was the, the proudest Kerry men you played with? Who did it mean the most, did you think, to, to play for the Kerry team, put on the green and gold jersey? And I suppose everyone that's in there, I suppose, if you're in there a few years, you'll kind of, once you start winning a few things, you get that. And you, you like, in Kerry, like, like I've only won all Ireland, but that's nothing to what has come before us, you know? So you'd always see on the walls, when it declaring all the legends, I suppose, like with ridiculous amount of medals. Um, so lads, I suppose, that were chasing them. I suppose you'd had like Tomas, Mark, Cullum. You'd have few of them trying to get to five and six. So they, they they had a standard for themselves, I suppose, but probably in the dressing room that you could see who just, Declan Sullivan wouldn't speak often, but when he did, he was just, he just knew his heart and soul was in it. Like, I remember coming in to start and he was going from job to job. And I think that he loses, he loses, they were telling us a story, he lost his position in maybe seven after he captain Kerry in six. And um, he just packed in work for the championship and doing extra sessions on the field just to get his place back. And I think he got his place back in the final. It was the goal. He ran from the 45 and he popped it to Donny and Donny popped him back and he kicked it in. Um, so, like, you're looking at, maybe he didn't have the family at the time, the full, like the kids, but they've given up a job for two months to get back on an amateur team to just get your position back and play on the biggest day, I suppose. Just shows how much he wanted it, you know. Um, Even at the end of the on 14, like, his two ligaments and his knees were more or less, the cartilage was gone. He strapped the two of them up and was coming on, like, hero stuff, like, you know. He didn't. He he'd nothing else. He had nothing to really give Kerry back, and he was still there, whatever he had. So I suppose, and you can see he's gone into. He went into management after as well. So he's, you can see his his kind of heart is in it. Just not just for playing, but probably trying to improve um the youth coming up as well. What about you from a personal level? Do you think that when you were called up that time when you were nineteen, did you have an appreciation for how important it was to play for Kerry? Did you feel differently towards the end of your career? Did you kind of grasp it a bit more about how, how important it was and how you know much a part of history you were? Yeah, to be honest, I never really thought of it like that. Um, I suppose there's pros and cons in that too. I never really got ahead of myself, I suppose. Like I was I played National League seniors before I was called into the twenty ones. So it was kind of a big jump for me. Like we got a bit of a run with um with uh with the club in Munster. And I had a good run there. And then the McGrath Cup came or something. And it was actually on in Strand Road. And I got a call and I said, I go. And they kind of give out free gimmies when, when you play in the home venue. You're playing the IT. And I was actually in the IT at the time. So I said, look, I'll be playing anyway. And they said, no, go on. You, you Jack wants you to play with Kerry. So I actually had a good old day that day. And then actually back then you could play the Sunday. Then if you won. So we played tip the Sunday and I came on. And I came on and kicked the point or two. I can't remember a long time ago now. And I think that we win the McGrath Cup and I was called in then for the league and uh, played the first two games, Dublin and Cork. I did well. And we'd go back at the 21s. Then I remember Jack brought us in and said, lads, the six of you know, go back to 21s. I kind of stayed in the shower, didn't he? He's like, all right. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going back to 21s. I don't, I'm not in there. And so they had to make a, I suppose it was called made then. And then I did with the 21s for that campaign. And then when the, we got knocked out of that, I was brought back into the seniors, I suppose. So it was kind of the first year or two, I was probably... I was in the territory where I thought maybe like this is not going to last, you know, I'm probably just, you know, and I got a run out of it. 
so I didn't really kick on till after I got dropped. I suppose in thirteen I did a summer away, and then I kind of knew how important it was. Looking back, like I still probably had three months to medals in the three years I was there, and I was just kind of like Jesus. I didn't give it my all, or I could have given it more, or taken it more seriously, I suppose. And um, luckily enough, I got a chance in fourteen. Then again, and we won the All Ireland that year. Probably my main my main performances probably came after getting that kick up. I suppose. 19 is a very young going into that. Like if I if I could give anyone a bit of a heads up, like if they're going in that young, like um, it's I and I had this chat with loads of people. You're going to, you're going to be in awe because you're looking up to these fellas and then you're thrown in with them. So you're you're nearly still supporting them, even though the people in in the management are looking at you that you're probably up to the standard. You kind of have to just switch that off a bit and just bring what you have rather than kind of you're nearly pushing out of the way for other fellas where they actually want you to push them, if that makes sense, you know. So it took me a few years probably to learn that and be more competitive, I suppose. There's probably not many fellas who can go straight in, is there, and just be like, oh, like, I belong here, like, or feel like they belong here. You have to be a very special player or a very special mindset to to feel that way. Uh, yeah, and I suppose, look, I I always backed myself that I was probably, I never, I, I, everyone wishes they'd always play with Kerry some stage, but I had a good room with the 21s. And I say that that game probably gave me a chance to probably get in with the lads to see where I was up to it. So, like, farm farm can kind of... You could have one big game when you need to have one big game and then you get a chance. But then for chances you see with Kerry, like, you're, you get one or one or two goals at it and then the team is nearly fixed and it's very hard to get back into it again unless someone gets injured. Um, and that's what the way it's been for a long time um, with the stronger counties. So, no, look like it's... Like if, if anyone ever came for advice, I'd probably have a lot of advice for them, the pros and cons that I made. But uh, I don't regret either of them either because if I didn't make those mistakes, I might have went on and probably got more out of my career. Yeah, yeah. Who would you say was your your best teammate from your time inside the panel? Be fair, no, we we had a good crew. Um, I would have had, I suppose, a few of the miners with me when I was a miner, and we stuck kind of, I don't know, I just we um we stuck together. I see, I out of that twenty one team, there wasn't many that kicked on with me from two thousand ten. They all kind of came in two thousand twelve and thirteen. James was around 10 and 11, but not to the extent where he got in 13 and 14. So, um, I don't know, I used to travel with Kieran and Daniel Bohan at the time, the Schlieffel, as Tommy was away. And uh, Dave was after doing the two cruciates, so I kind of missed his first two years when I was in there as well. So, I suppose the two boys, and then my when the lads came in, then it was probably our own age group, that 21 team, I think, like 12 or 13 of them came through at different stages, you know. So um, from Killarney, I suppose, Fiona, I would have been played minor with, still keep in touch with, I was only, I was only talking to him today. So it's funny the way the friendships kind of occur and they keep going. Um, I keep in touch with Darren and Larry, Cullum, and then some fellas you might, you might only see at events, you know, and at weddings maybe, or if there was awards night or something. But um, no, when you win one medal, the bond is kind of always there, if that makes sense. You might see him for a year, but the, the mood is still there. And it's great catching up there. When there's no football and there's a wedding, you can just go for a few pints. And like I'm talking to you here now, we'd be telling them stories for the night. Like it'd be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's the best singer that you played with? Oh Jesus, who's the best singer? Jesus, they won't, all of them aren't great. No, to be fair. Um, do you know he was he was in and out for the league as one of the best club players I've seen. Um, Dahi Casey with Crocs. He did, I, the, the lads thought he did a voice of a woman anyway, but it worked anyway. Um, very good singer. Um, you had to get a few drinks into him though. He's very shy, but once he got going, um, Johnny Buckley, the Crocs boys. To be fair, no Johnny Buckley, but mostly that was all. I said they wouldn't leave any of that sing. I remember at the end, uh, David Clifford liked a few songs. To be fair, to know for a young fella, he was he wasn't bad. 
Um, Dave Moore give it a go. That's all I say. Not, not, no one else was brave enough. The Tralee boys liked a bit of rapping, all right, but there wasn't many likes of that. Daniel Bohan liked a bit of that. Um, but that's all I said. There wasn't much of it, no, to be fair. So we'll give it to Dahi, I say. We might give it to Dahi. Yeah, I'm surprised at that. No, actually, I did hear that he, he likes to likes sing song when he's after a few, but I'd be friendly enough with Dahi, and I've never been treated to one of his uh, renditions, so he must he must have saved it for the Kerry boys. You have to ask, I say. You have to ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a couple more, so um, more stylish. Uh, Galvin, I suppose, yeah. Has to be. Yeah, we'll have to say it. In- have to say it anyway, yeah. What? Where would you rank yourself? Oh, I'm my own man, I suppose. If you're into it, you're into it. If you're not, you're not. Yeah, and was there any fellas that uh, you didn't rate their 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 fashion sense? Otherwise, we won't mention any names now, but a few of the... We call them colour trees, I suppose. <laughs> Lovely pair of baggy jeans, and he was cut them on the inside and all. Couldn't have made them any better. Who was that, sorry? Shane Enright. Oh, that was yeah. a long time oh, He's into the skinnies now since things have changed, but he held on to those baggy jeans for a long time. You couldn't even see the shoe. <laughs> Um, last two who would you least like to get stuck in an elevator with Declan O'Sullivan he's a phobia we got stuck one day and I I didn't know he was he, I didn't know he was afraid of heights and all that kind of crack um, say it was before a month to final maybe or not or in semi-final I just stopped I was like alright someone's probably getting on there's about five or six of us there I'm sure I'd be messing away. I was like, oh, fuck, we're here for the day, so lads, we no game. And he kind of, he looked at me and was like, don't say that. And I'm sure we got giggle. And then I did a few jumps up and down just to see where it go. Like, and he was nearly getting a panic attack. So I knew then that he was actually being serious. So probably, it happened. So probably him. <laughs> um, and last one, if you could pick one teammate to back you up in a fight, who would it have been? I suppose the backs look after themselves and I probably wouldn't have been back there that much. Um, I suppose any little small little fights I'd be having, Donny clear most fellas to be fair. Um even when we we're playing stacks like he'd be he'd be standing up for them as well as you would, but you could just notice that if you're going clipping a fella, he's going to be coming back for you. Um yeah. Start to be fair, like was I remember just telling people they're asking me best teammate or whatever, and even when he wasn't going well from his basketball, he'd be still setting screens for you as in being unselfish to get you on ball, even if you were going well, it's very hard for teammates to like, they're trying to get over their own rush and get into the game, where he's just, even if he wasn't going well, he'd still be, he'd be still getting others into the game, which is a massive thing as a teammate, like, um, so unselfish. So he probably, he'd probably take that reign as well. Um, he probably can scrap away as well. He's a big man. He can move. So yeah. if I stay, I used to stay as close to him as I could, I suppose. Yeah, geez, I wouldn't like to get stuck in a man football pitch and it'd be, it'd be the end of me, I'd say. No, bored of us. Listen, Barry John, that's great. That's the end of part one. Uh, coming up in part two, we're going to talk a bit more about the, the current Kerry senior football team and their chances for a Saturday's match in the Welcome to part two of this episode of the Kerry Football Podcast. I'm here with Barry John Keane. We're going to talk a bit about provincial finals that were on over the weekend. Dublin beat Loud in Leinster by 21 points. Uh, two teams that Kerry might end up playing at some stage. They'll definitely end up playing Loud now in the group stage. Barry John, what did you make of Dublin? Did you see anything about them that, that Kerry should be should be particularly worried about if they do end up playing them later in the year? Um, it's hard to say. It's still early. 
Um, I suppose the goals, goals are a big thing. I was looking for goals for Kerry against Clare last day. I know we can get points, but when we're meeting the bigger teams, like goals who win games. So Dublin showed that again. Um, like what was the score against Kildare? 12-10. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like a Dublin performance. So they probably needed to, to get something up. Um, unfortunately for Lowe's, they probably suffered with that. Um, no, they looked good. Um, good to see Jack McCaffrey back. I know he 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 went off injured, but he 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 went ran through the middle once or twice there, and it just looked like there was no stopping him. Um, Cluxton, I suppose, hasn't been really tested. He won save, but it was kind of he was he was able to get a flick on it. So the kickouts when there's more pressure on, it'll be good to see. Um, Fenton and McCarthy are probably still the best pairing in midfield. Um, in Dublin, then like they didn't start Dean Rock the last day. Uh, there's a few fellas coming off the bench. They've 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 had a few fellas. The backs now. There's a few of them backs like that aren't household names. So it'd be it'd be good to see what what how how good are they when they step up to the mark with the I suppose the top four teams. And um, like low, what the low score fifteen. Um, it's not bad scoring. Um, I don't know. It's it's like the super. There's three games and then you get you three come out of the group. So a lot. There's a lot of time to tell. Dublin probably will be happy after the performance last day and look. Kerry can only control what's ahead of them as well. Um, the Munster was a bit, bit probably easy for them. So the Mayo game's a big game this weekend to see where both teams are at, I suppose, with Mayo having a layover of the six weeks as well, see where they're coming from. Yeah, and my chat about load a bit, actually, in a few weeks' time, obviously, Kerry going to be playing them uh, sometime in June. Um, the Ulster final was on as well. Derry beat Armagh after penalties. It was a very exciting game. Um, bit hit and miss in times, I thought, in terms of the quality. There was some good, very good football and then you know, obviously it was a bit congested, but at least it was a close game. The other provincial finals were, were a bit of a waste of time. So um did you enjoy what you saw that match, Barry? Um I did. I did. Um I suppose the penalties at the end, it's fifty fifty. Like, you know, you can't really control that. To be fair, the um Derry goalie had two or three very good saves. Mm. Um no, I, I like in normal time I I really enjoyed it. And then with extra time I thought maybe Derry ran out of gas and even though it was only two points Armagh were up to that, uh, at that stage in the second half it kind of felt like Armagh were going to just tease them and take away but Derry came back got a few frees smart frees didn't take didn't take a shot when it wasn't on learned from maybe two years ago can't remember they were playing someone into the shot they were trying to get into position for that shot and the ref just blew it up it was, it was I think they lost by a point of camera maybe against Donegal or something two years ago but they really come on a good bit from that Um yeah, I look, you're going to be disappointed for Armagh. And uh, Kieran McGinney's ninth year didn't get over the line again. Lost last year an extra time and lost the weekend. But still a lot to improve on for Armagh. I think they are they got a bit of a run again. Um, you wouldn't want to be meeting them, but I think Derry are just a little bit maybe further ahead of them down the line, just more consistent. Have won two Ulsters now behind them, which will give them a bit of confidence. Um. Like it's very hard if they were going out again now to play a game next week to board them to match that. I know, like you said, there was a few mistakes and pot shots, but that game looked intense. Um, it looked warm. Um, some of the frees were massive frees. The the breeze down to the end where the TV, the big TV was, there was a there was a strong breeze there. Um, look, Derry, Derry, Derry. Who do Derry have now after winning that? What what group? What group do they have? I'll tell you now. I have the groups here. So, um, group one. Kerry, Loud, Mayo and Cork. Group yeah. 2, Galway, Armagh, Tyrone and Westmead. So that's a, that's a tough looking group. Yeah. Um, group 3, Dublin, Sligo, Roscommon and Kildare. 
and then Derry are in Group Four with Clare, Man, and Donegal. So on the, on paper, it doesn't look like it's it's the toughest group that they that they could end up in. Yeah, that second group, I suppose, is tough enough. I suppose, um, there's still loads of games left after, like, um, so like it's hard to if I was saying how you're going to get the momentum or what way you're going to go. You're just going to have to play every game that comes. Like there could be a big difference between Kerry playing Mayo and Kerry playing Loud. We don't know standard wise. We don't know. Kerry never probably played Loud in a long time, have they? I don't think they played Loud in, yeah, I'd say it might be 60 or oh. 70 years or something. So I don't know. Probably take each game as it comes. That's all we can do. And the big one is probably this weekend in Clarny. Massive weekend for Kerry football. Um, Mayo probably have been waiting around the last five or six weeks, getting a lot of work in. Kerry. I prefer playing games than training, but Kerry have got, had to play them two games, one well and both. So they know there's going to be a bigger battle this weekend. Yeah, let's move on to that match. I was wondering about your time playing with Kerry and coming up against Mayo, what your memories are. Obviously, the game in 2014 is is uh, one that everyone remembers. Um, what are your memories of that day, we'll say, against against Mayo? And in general, the Mayo supporters, what kind of uh, what kind of crack did you, did you find that they brought to the games? I suppose those two games in 14, the first game and the replay, we were, they were nearly out of sight in both days. Um, first day over, I remember, was, I suppose I was warming up. I remember with Donny, he was there 62 minutes gone or something, and we were down like five or six points. And I was kind of looking around and saying, Jesus, this is kind of the pity now, like this is kind of gone. Um and then they called Kieran in, I remember, and they just said, go in full forward there. He didn't come on the previous game against Galway. We we beat Galway, so, so he was a bit disappointed. Um, so they just threw him in. Like, there was, it was just throwing the kitchen sink at them, and he caught, I remember he caught one ball and got a free out of it, and then he caught the goal for James. And um, I remember saying to him, when he come back to you know, he was, I was like, fuck, I was like, fuck it, anyway, he won't get no holiday out of this, because this every final, like, you were only getting a holiday in the final. And I remember I came on then and I caught two kickouts, which I probably say I haven't caught kick, kickouts since. But um, it was funny after we went in, me telling all the boys what I was saying to them that he was only catching the kickouts because he, he didn't want to miss a holiday. So I suppose there was good momentum going into that. And then it was massive down in Limerick. I remember just the crowds were insane. You could have put more in if there was space. And did they go up 2-1 to a point or something on us as well at the very start? Like, I'm sure it felt like it was nearly over already. And we clawed it back then again and went extra time James got two penalties um, oh, the motions that day was just, they were all over the place to be fair um, it was just uh, haven't really seen a game like it since um, that was kind of like looking back it probably was the final I know we had to play Donegal but that was a massive turn for us that year just getting over those two games when we were kind of gone and buried and we came back we just knew we had to perform, I suppose, in the Donegal game and shut up shop at the centre where they were, where they did damage to Dublin in the in the in their semi final Donegal, where they got the three or four goals, and luckily enough, look, we got away with it. But that the Mayo always brings so even in the league when you go up to Castle Bar if it's on in Tralee, it's, it's it's different. It just feels different. Um, it feels like championship for some reason. It feels like championship it might be under lights and you never play under lights in championship, but there's always packed crowd and they do bring it. To be fair, they bring the massive support, so they're going to match it again this weekend. What about that uh, pitch invader in, in 2014? <laughs> what, what was going through your head when you saw him coming onto the pitch? Jeez. I don't know. I remember did they, they have um they had a free maybe we were up a goal they had a 45 or something to kick in so jeez oh, I wasn't even looking I was just probably trying to mark somebody I've seen and then and someone else was taking control of him I, there was no point me even going near him. <laughs> uh, 
but that you could see the emotions like um some of them are absolutely just in, obsessed up there like they love it um maybe that's taking it too far coming on the pitch maybe not but um yeah few fellas got a kick out of that after yeah yeah no it was uh good entertainment good video to watch back it's a great game to watch back it's it's, it's so funny like just the even when I watch it back the odd time if it came up you if it was on like whatever you you still feel like you 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 didn't win it like you could have lost that game you're still like waiting for it to say Jesus they they came they won that it was just madness madness yeah, yeah hopefully hopefully more excitement this weekend obviously the last time Kerry played Mayo and Killarney in the championship was in 2019 uh that was a great day for Kerry uh, obviously Kerry won by ten points in the end uh, your club mate David Warren had a great game that day um. There's not probably much you can take from that match in terms of comparison with, with today's game or Saturday's game because I was looking at the Mayo team and it's completely changed. I think there's only three or four fellas left. Kerry even as well. Obviously, you've, you've likes of Cliffy and the boys are still there, but there's a nice bit of turnover there as well. But just in terms of the occasion, like, I don't know where you're there on the day, but it was just unbelievable. You know, a sunny day, like, in yeah. cha- championship fever in Clarny, like, what kind of experience is that as a player to to be able to to play in Killarney in front of a full house? I suppose I was I I had both ends of it. I suppose I was actually in Boston at the time playing ball over. So I remember I got a I got the team to get up early because the game was whatever time the game was on the hour difference. We all went to one of the lads' apartment. We watched it and we were having a few bottles. And I was just kind of there, like they were just looking at me and they're like, "Would you like to be there?" And I was like, "I would," but. I wouldn't either, like if that makes sense, you know. But I was kind of halfway through the process of look, I'm not with the panel anymore, I'm on do my own thing. But I just remember it was the hot ball, Adrian Spillane, Aidan O'Shea, David Moore. And I don't think the ball was front for about a minute. The boys were just shoulder, their jerseys being pulled off. And I was like, geez, we're in for something here. And um, no, I just remember I was talking to Dave after it was probably one of his like he was unbelievable in that replay and the first day in 2014. But Jesus, he had a massive game that that in 19 in Clarney. Just kick outs, everything. Um, like you said, Kerry probably Kerry did blow him out of water. Um, and then they probably got a goal or a few points at the end to make the scoreline a bit ten points. But um I think that was the day Killian O'Connor came top scorer of the championship as well. Yeah. Um, so look, it's a hard place to go. Kerry haven't really lost in Clarney in the championship game in a long time. Um, they'll know that. That was massive for us when we were playing under Raymond, that we wanted to keep that going for the next generation. That it was kind of a bit of a fortress that you if you want to win down here, you 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 gotta earn it. Um so that's gonna probably Jack will be the same the next day. Um but Kerry at the moment I think they just they'll probably just want to get that performance to see where they're at. Hopefully Mayo will give them a better game to the previous games that Kerry have gotten Munster and see where they're at then because it's a long year. Like if you're trying to get to the other there's probably six games, quarter final, semi final final as well after the group. So no, they'll be going hammer and tongs. This will be their first test probably in the championship and Mayo, who actually had a good league they would have been coming in with good confidence winning the winning the league. I know it's only league, but it, it's a big stepping stone for them coming into something like the more medals they get or the more confidence they're going to gain. And I suppose the Common one was a bit of a... Like, of course, they're going to be disappointed, but the way the, the championship is, is going this year, it was like a free shot, really. Probably have six weeks now if they didn't need niggles, fellas, to get back and put in a bit of long work. So, look, they never do fear Kerry, even though over the last 20 years, Kerry probably have won the majority of the big games. Um, but no, it'd be I'm, like I, I'm saying again, my way for this weekend with Clarny will be hopping if it's a nice day. Jesus, the tongue will be unbelievable, and you are going. You you hope to suspect good football. To be fair, uh, Mayo play a nice style of football. They're going to be defensive. They're going to be tough. I just think they might be lacking a bit of man to man duels with our forwards. 
Um, Kerry, I know it was only Clare, whatever, but I thought Kerry were very efficient the last day against Clare. Handling was good. They went for the goals. Um, yeah, no, I think I think it's going to be it's going to be a good uh, box office game. In terms of injury news, Killian O'Connor, who came off the bench in that match against Roscommon, is the one doubt. Um, I think he's 50-50 for it. But apart from that, um, Barry John, who do you reckon that Kerry needs to keep a special eye out for uh, on Saturday? Um, so looking at it, I suppose, like to be fair to Maiden O'Shea, had a very good league, uh, probably his best league. Um, it's going to be hard to see where Tommy Conroy's at because he was just been coming and going the last two games. Um, very, very powerful Conor, uh, Conor Ford. Um, it's just to see how much game time or training time you could call it he's got in the last six weeks just to get him up to that tempo like if he's if he's asked where he wants to be he's a, he's a test like he's going to be a tough going to have a, he's going to have a tough um tough day for ever as a mark then Ryan O'Donoghue to be fair is consistent um the matchups I suppose you would say Jason Foley Aidan O'Shea but is, is Jason Foley fit? I think we'll probably get word on that so I'm speaking to you know on Monday I'd say we'll get Maybe some information on it maybe today or tomorrow, but I won't be surprised if they put um I won't be surprised if they put Dylan Casey on him. Really, yeah. He's strong and he's fast. Now you might be throwing him into the deep end. He only played his first championship game, starts last day, did well. Um like your Tommy Conroy or Ryan Adunhu, you're gonna have a Thomas Sullivan there. Tommy Conroy won't want a Thomas Sullivan up the field, but Ryan Adunhu, to be fair, he's tough out that he'll get up and down the field as well and he'll get back up. Um, they'll try to keep Tommy Conroy in O'Shea's close to goal I'm presuming Ryan O'Donoghue on top of the D and then what you have Killian O'Connor probably coming on if he's not if he's not starting um, Phil McDonough then and Jordan Flynn massive work rate up and down Jack Carney's kind of been in and out to be fair he hasn't really put down his spot so that could be up for grabs I'm just trying to think um, will they put someone there if they know Tyke Morley's going to play that sweeper role will they try to get someone on the ball to actually mark him if that makes sense yeah, I I know um Jordan Flynn was very effective in the the league match, wasn't he up in Castlebar? Like so, he's had he's had a very good year, so he definitely need to be minded. I'm trying to see there now. Um, the keeper had a good league to be fair to him. Then at the back, I suppose Jack Coyne, Owen McLaughlin, Duncan McHugh. They're new kind of names. Like Owen McLaughlin's kind of a wing back of what I've seen of him in the past. Anyway, Stephen Cohen, Connor Loftus, Paddy Durkin. Like, look, Paddy's gonna need mind, and I suppose Dara Minehan probably would match up well with him, as in he'll. He'd be up and down the field. Connor Loftus was a con- Connor Loftus was a Connor forward, centre forward. All my years I was playing, he's, last two years he's gone centre back. I, would you put him on Shawnee O'Shea? I don't know. He'd be a bit loose maybe for Shawnee. They might put Stephen Cohen there. Um, had a full back line. Like, is there anyone to come in that full back line? There's not. No, I don't think so. That full back line looks a bit. I'm not saying weak, but like household names. Are you going to be like when you had your Keegan's? Keith Higgins is um Mullen like Oshin Mullins he was he was sticky out so midfield match around Dermot O'Connor that's that's a good midfield like you're going to have Jack and Dermot probably midfield it's going to be tight enough contest um both of our lines are actually going to be are going to be strong yeah let's just so, look at the Kerry team there we'll have you and would you make any changes to that Kerry team so the last Kerry team that played was uh Shane Ryan Dylan Casey Jason Foley Tom Sullivan. Half-back line, Graham Sullivan, Ty Morley, Gavin White. Midfield, Damon O'Connor and Jack Barry. Half-forward line, Darren Moynihan, Sean O'Shea, Paddy Clifford. And the full-forward line, Tony Braston, David Clifford and Paul Ganey. The team is probably going to be named Thursday night, I'd say. Uh, yeah. Do you foresee any changes there? Um, 
to be fair, I think everyone deserves that are there. But uh, Paul Murphy had a very good league, to be fair to him. So are they going to, like, I know it, 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 that was a few months ago, but he probably deserves this spot now. I don't know how bad his injury is. Um, like Graham O'Sullivan did find the last day, but will Graham fit back in the corner if Jason was injured and Dylan would move to three and then they'd put Paul back at five, maybe. Like the forwards, Paddy, Shawnee, Dara, Tony, David. No, you're not going to change much of that unless one of them is injured. And so, as like I said at the start of the year, like Kerry's biggest thing was to try to get a consistent midfield with Dave. Um, with Dave gone, and so as they've had two games now with Dermot and Jack midfield, so they'll probably try to build on that. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about um the group stage and how maybe the games aren't as important because three teams are going to go through anyway. There is one benefit, though, to, to finishing top of the group. So if you finish top of the group, you go straight through to that quarterfinal. Second and third are going to play against each other like a second team. Second place team is going to play against a third place team from another group in a preliminary quarterfinal. So, for example, if Kerry finished second in their group, they yeah. play a third place team in one of the other groups to qualify yeah. for a quarterfinal. Now, those games aren't neutral. There's, there's home and away in those games. So, for example, if Kerry were to finish second... They could be playing against. If you look at that difficult group there that has um Galway, um Galway, Armagh, and Tyrone. So one of those teams is going to finish third. So you could end up having a preliminary match at home to an Armagh or at home to a Tyrone. If you finish third, you could have an away match against the likes of a Tyrone or an Armagh just to get into a quarter final. So as you know, I think there's definitely flaws in the system. You still want to finish top of the group, like don't you? Of course, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, it'll look, it'll play out. It'll be. I don't, I, I don't think Mayo and Kerry this weekend are going to be giving um free runs to fellas who haven't had that much time yet. Um, maybe the third game if you're nearly qualified, you'll give a few fellas, which is only fair, because look, you can't keep everyone happy, and you try to. Um, I think fellas that are in the twenty six, if they're in the twenty six, they should be good enough to be playing championship or coming on. So you might just give them a run, but that's what we might see, you know. So um, time will tell. Time will tell. So I'll put you on the spot, Barry John. Kerry against Mayo and Killarney on Saturday at 3 o'clock. Do you fancy Kerry? They're, they're slight favourites being at home. Obviously a great home record. Um, do you think they'll leave the business on Saturday? Um, I do, I do. Um, by what? I don't know. I'd have to kind of wait till I see the teams and the matchups. Um, home advantage is a big one. Um, like... Kerry were coming and going in the league and to be fair Mayo were going well and they gave us a good old dusting up in Castlebar I know that was a few months ago um, like we had to bring on we we'll brought on David he got three or four points from play we had to bring him on just to make the scoreline some bit some bit okay um, which probably wasn't the plan to be bringing him on that early in the league um, but look it is what it is I think um, Kerry are more or less at their strongest as of now there's not many injured injured and Mayo, we won't know. Like I said, there's six weeks of a block there. Someone could have got formed there for three or four weeks. Midfield is going to be huge, as it always is. And then the full forward line, whoever's going to be more dominant there getting the scores. Around the middle of the eight, besides midfielders, a lot of them are workers. Like you have your Phil McDonough, Paddy Durkin on the other side, the New York Dara Minehan, um, Pig Morley, Gavin White. So there's going to be matchups. Like Phil McDonough is quick as well. Like, are they going to put him on, on um, Gavin? Then Paddy Durkin has to be held down. You want to put more of a runner, Dara Minehan? Or are they going to put Paddy Durkin on Paddy Clifford to put him the other way, even though Paddy is very good at going both ways? So the battles are going to be good. They always are with Mayo and Kerry. Just hope for a good game. And we probably suppose, like you said, you want to top the group. So you want to be coming out with a win and keeping that, keeping that clarity thing going as well that have the last there in a long time. 
Yeah, there's definitely reason to be optimistic. I think after the Clare match, look, we know Clare aren't the best team in the world, but there was definitely improvements in, the, in Kerry's performance. They looked a bit fitter. They're moving the ball a bit a bit faster. I think there's pros and cons to everything, but the fact that Mayo haven't played in six weeks, it's hard to see it, see it really benefiting them. Obviously, getting players back if they need to get players back, but like you want to be playing games. Kerry had a you know a two week break now between the Clare match and this match is probably what most fellas want. Yeah. Um, and as well, look, I think being at home, Kerry haven't lost at home in the championships since 1995. You know, it, it's just it, it's 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 definitely a, a big factor. And I think hearing you know whispers out of Mayo and how they feel about the match, you know, they might be downplaying their chances a little bit. But I think there is a fear factor for teams coming down to Kerry, and it's understandable given given Kerry's record there. So listen, Barry John, thanks a million for for joining me. Uh, enjoy your stay. I hope you get to catch the match, and uh, I'll chat to you again soon. Hi, bud. So that's it from us. I hope everyone enjoys the match of the weekend. If you're coming to Killarney on Saturday, be sure to pop into Good Boy Coffee on Newmarket Lane. I'll be there with a vintage GA pop-up. You'll be able to pick up Kerry Bonish Door jumpers, uh, Kieran McDonald t-shirts, a special edition, and uh, some classic vintage Mayo and Kerry jerseys as well. So I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks very much for listening, and uh, I'll speak to you again soon.